This is Timothy Snyder, reading aloud from my newsletter, which is called Thinking About. The text I'm going to read today is from June 4th. Its title is 9-11 and 1-6, How an American Nightmare Becomes Real. A moment ago, I awoke from a nightmare about 9-11. I was visiting the Empire State Building in New York when an airplane crashed into it from the side. The whole building buckled for a moment, then nothing else seemed to happen. I was by myself, without friends or family, and I just ran down the exit, staircase after staircase. Getting out was a thing to do, but no one else was doing it. I think this sense of inertia during an emergency was something that stayed with me from the real 9-11 when the World Trade Center was attacked. When the first building was hit, it was somehow not clear that the second building should also be evacuated. In my dream about the Empire State Building, there was no siren. When I got to the lobby, people were just milling around and all the doors were closed and locked. There seemed to be no way out. One handicapped entrance was open for a moment to allow a woman in a wheelchair to come in. In the dream, I felt a little guilty as I squeezed by her and went the wrong way through the door. The doors closed again. No one else left the building. My example did not make a difference. They were all going to die. I somehow ended up in a nearby building, some kind of tourist center where people waited before entering the Empire State Building. Inside was a group of senior citizens waiting for a tour of the building. I tried to explain to them what was happening. If people would not leave the Empire State Building, at least more should not go in. But I was just a guy. I wasn't wearing a uniform, I didn't have a microphone, and they didn't pay attention. They gave me that look people give you when you are the entertainment, and the entertainment is not good. They hadn't seen the plane at the building, and they thought I was some sort of nut. A lady to my left, wearing a red, white, and blue dress and with some kind of red, white, and blue ornament in her hair, started laughing at me. They were going to have their tour. In the dream, I knew that the building was going to come down, and there seemed to be nothing I could do. The problem was as clear as day, but no one wanted to see it. People preferred to risk everything rather than believe that there was a risk. With the senior citizens were two security guards. They had seen the plane hit but they could somehow not draw the conclusions. They wanted to talk to me about how it could have happened. Wasn't it just some kind of accident? Wasn't somebody in charge? It wouldn't everything somehow be okay in the end? Are your dreams as easy to analyze as mine? I, I sometimes have, in real life, that Cassandra feeling I had in the dream. When I predicted that Russia would invade Ukraine in 2014, when I broke the story of Trump and Russia in 2016, when I asked people to work against American regime change in 2017, when I predicted in 2020 that Trump would try some sort of a coup to stay in power and tried to explain that the big lie would be his legacy. The obvious trigger of this dream was the Senate vote preventing an investigation of the domestic insurgency of 1-6. The proposal was modeled after the 9-11 Commission, which is why 9-11 was on my mind. 9-11 is unforgettable. Nearly 3,000 Americans lost their lives. The terrorist attacks of 9-11 raised questions about foreign policy and airport security. 
a terrorist attack of 1-6 raised deeper questions about how our country is governed and who we have become as a people. In 2001, speaking in the House of Representatives, President Bush said that Al-Qaeda hated what they see right here in this chamber, a democratically elected government. That's what we wanted to hear because it meant that we were attacked because we were the good guys. That probably wasn't what Al-Qaeda had in mind on 9-11, but it was what Americans had in mind on 1-6. They stormed the very chamber in which President Bush spoke, and they were there to halt the procedures of a democracy. They were attacking precisely democratically elected government. I have the Cassandra feeling this spring because it's so obvious where all of this is heading. President Trump tells a big lie that elections are rigged. This authorizes him and others to seek power in extra democratic ways. The lie is institutionalized by state legislation that suppresses voting, and that gives state legislatures themselves the right to decide how to allocate the electoral vote in presidential elections. The scenario then goes like this. The Republicans win back the House and Senate in 2022, in part thanks to voter suppression. The Republican candidate in 2024 loses the popular vote by several million and the electoral vote by the margin of a few states. State legislatures claiming fraud alter the electoral vote count. The House and the Senate accept that altered count. The losing candidate becomes the president. We no longer have democratically elected government. And people are angry. No one is seeking to hide that this is the plan. It's right there out in the open. The prospective Republican candidates for 2024, Donald Trump, Ted Cruz, and Josh Hawley, are all running on a big lie platform. If your platform is that elections do not work, you are saying that you intend to come to power some other way. The big lie is designed not to win an election, but to discredit one. Any candidate who tells it is alienating most Americans because most Americans don't believe in it. That's one sign that he's not trying to win power by way of elections. What he is doing is preparing a minority, his supporters, for a scenario in which he will claim fraud. This is exactly what Trump tried to do in 2020, and it led to a coup attempt in January 2021. It'll be worse in January 2025. 9-11 led us to the invasion of Iraq the foreign policy disaster that marked our century. 1-6 leads us to a catastrophe on that scale, but inside our own country. It is not at all clear that the plan to take power undemocratically will work, but it is clear that it will generate a lot of resistance. African Americans are right now being told the absurd lie that the problem in America is that it is too easy for them to vote. As the scenario plays out, all Americans will face an open denial of everything they have been told about their country. In such a scenario, it's just not clear what the armed forces or civil servants would do. Most likely they would fracture. An oath to defend the Constitution is hard to honor when it is unclear what it means. Both those who were stealing the election and those who were defending votes would claim that the Constitution was on their side. The Supreme Court would rule, but would anyone pay attention? Those who have decided to overthrow democracy believe that the court is on their side, which is why they are proceeding as they are. If they were proven wrong in January 2025, it would be too late. 
they would not change course if the Supreme Court ruled against them. Those who defend voting rights expect the court to rule against voting, since that is what it generally does. If the court rules against voting in the setting of an anti-democratic regime change, this will seem screamingly illegitimate to a very large number of Americans. No court, no constitution, no constitution, no rule of law, no rule of law, widespread violence. The collapse of the United States follows. When Trump told his big lie, the airplane hit the building. What unfolds from there has a certain logic. It can be stopped, but only if it is understood. Everything happens fast. It's so easy to look away, to imagine that it was all an accident, to think that institutions will save us. They will only save us if we save them first. The anti-voter laws proposed and passed by Republican state legislatures around the country move the scenario to its next step. Halting them right now might well be the only way to halt the scenario as a whole. Businesses that want to avoid chaos between now and 2022 and prevent system breakdown in 2024 would be well advised not to donate to politicians who repeat the big lie and suppress the vote. We have to act now. This is what no one wants to hear. We want to believe in American democracy. We want to take pride in new laws, growing economy, the end of COVID. I get all of that. I want to feel that way too. I've not yet figured out how to tell this story. In waking life, I feel as I did in the dream facing those senior citizens. I couldn't convince a single one of them. And so I just stood in the doorway and kept talking and woke up in the middle of the night and wrote this. This has been Timothy Snyder. I've been reading from my newsletter, Thinking About. Signing off for now. Thank you.